0: Say you hallelujah. Girls say you hallelujah. Girls say you hallelujah. Cuz I'm funk don't give it to you. Cuz I'll tell funk don't give it to you. Cuz I'm funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me just watch.
1: All right everybody. We are back. We missed a week. Crazy week last week. We got Dave. Hey, welcome in Dave. Good to see you. Yo. Man.
0: Yeah, what happened last week? I was just sitting around the house actually on uh, like Tuesday or Wednesday, thinking to myself, I never got a call from Brian. Did I? Did I do something to make him angry? Did I? Uh, did I? Uh, did I troll him on Twitter? Did I? Uh, did I upset him? Because I just realized that he totally blew me off last week, man. I was like, yeah, What's up? yeah,
1: it was. Um, I was so disappointed after the Ravens' performance that I just. Oh, care. I got you. No, I, I had uh I had crazy things going on at work. I didn't even I didn't do much of anything with the uh the Seahawks last week. But uh Wait back. a minute,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that you actually have a job that pays your bills outside of all this? Oh, I thought I thought this is what you did for a living. I didn't realize you actually had a career. Wow, how about that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you should try it, man. It's it's a it's a totally different way of living.
0: Hey, listen, I have not had a real job for 25 freaking years, okay? And even I know that. I will admit that. The last real job I had was working at Red Robin in Bellevue about 26 years ago, and I was interning at KJR and I was slacking off at work and my manager comes up to me and says, "All right, man, you got two choices. You can quit or you're fired." Let's quit. <laughs> I walked away and began my career at KJR 25 years ago.
1: It's, it's got to be a crazy thing, man. I mean, on one hand, you get to just talk sports all day and get paid for it. Uh, and Talk <laughs> to some pretty cool people along the way. Make some good relationships. Go to cool places. The other hand, you talk sports every day no matter what. And it's probably yeah. be a little exhausting after a while, uh, especially when things aren't going
0: well or the oh. stuff that's really you want to talk about. Trust me, there's there's times, dude, where I just want to come home and watch Star Wars all day long and not even think about sports, for God's sakes. And yeah. really for me, you know, the uh, the problem I have <clears throat> is that this stuff just affects my mood so much, like Washington losing to Oregon. You know, two weeks ago, I was depressed for three days, and then I'm a jerk to my wife. I'm not, you know, a nice guy to my neighbors and my family and friends. So I got to find a way to just detach myself from this stuff. Maybe I need kids. Maybe that's the problem. You know what? Does Isaac want to come live with me after the I
1: husband? don't know that that would help dude.
0: Have Isaac move in with me for a couple of days and I can keep an eye on him and he can be my distraction. I'm all
1: for it man, you know.
0: <laughs> although
1: you know he's a duck. So I do know that. I do know, that, know really
0: that. help? Yeah, probably not.
1: Uh probably not. Yeah, so hey, we got um we got a few things to talk about this week. We got a, a big game yeah. against the coming up, but uh, if you wouldn't mind, actually, we've got um, uh, some questions that came in from yes. patrons for Hawk Blogger and uh, wanted to get a chance to, to talk, talk about some of those. And uh, the first one um, comes from John. And the question is, if you're going to buy a jersey of any active player who is not a Seahawk, right? who would it be?
0: Any active player in the NFL who's not a Seahawks. So anybody on any other team – well, I mean, first of all, I would never do that. I would never wear a jersey of another player in the NFL. And I – it's funny that – is it John? Is that right? The guy had the question. It's funny he brings that up because I always find it so random. When I go to a Seahawks game, and you see the same thing I do, you go to a Seahawks-Buccaneer game, for example, on Sunday and there's just some random guy wearing a dolphin jersey, right, or wearing an Atlanta Falcon Matt right. Ryan jersey. It's yeah. like, where did this come from? I could see it if you're playing Atlanta or playing Miami, but when those two teams aren't here, what are you doing? What possesses that guy to wake up in the morning knowing he's going to a Seahawk buccaneer game and wear the jersey of a third team that's not even playing? So I, I never understood that. Uh, for me, I mean, a guy that I would think would have some staying power in the NFL that I really respect, I mean – I love Patrick Mahomes, man. I love watching the guy play. I was genuinely bummed out when he got hurt the other day uh, in that game against uh, the Broncos, I believe, and the fact that he's got this weird, freaky knee that nobody else has that allows him to heal faster than most people do is even, you know, kind of adds to the legend and the myth even more. But I'm a big fan of his, and I'm telling you what, this kid could be the first $50 million a year player in the NFL in a couple years from now. So I think I would go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but again, I would never, ever, ever, ever buy the jersey of another player besides the Seahawk ever. Yeah, I don't how about I, you?
1: I don't think I probably would either. Although, I mean, the, the guys that that I kind of go from a different range, a different set of uh, uh, decisions on it. Like on one side, Deshaun Watson's a guy I have a ton of respect yep. for. Oh, I really love absolutely play. Like I just like the way he carries himself. I like the way what he says, what he does, the way he plays. So yeah, I, I, I like a lot. But, like, as far as a guy not on the Seahawks who I have the most respect for overall, that I can see wearing a jersey and repping would be Larry Fitzgerald. He's only got, like, you know, this might be his last year or whatever, but I got so much respect for the way that guy's conducted himself. And I think he is – I mean, I think he arguably could have been the best receiver to ever play if he had played (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> anywhere other than where he played. So, um, you know, that that's a guy that comes to mind for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just think guys like that. And you're right about Watson, the stuff he's doing in the post game with the media in Houston, yep. explaining all these plays. And that seems to be kind of getting to be a, a weekly thing with him. So I love that. I mean, that game when they came here a couple years ago, uh, oh, when Watson got hurt, man, he was freaking marvelous in that game. Yeah. Against the Seahawks, I mean, you're you're old enough, I think, like I am, to now kind of appreciate greatness when opposing yep. players come to town and your jaw just drops. And that day when he came to town, uh, I was pretty impressed by the way he played. So yeah, I mean, that would that would be potentially one, I guess. But again, no uh, no jersey that's not a Seahawk will ever be on my back for sure. Uh, I,
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, next question comes from Jose Rodriguez and Jose
0: Rodriguez.
1: When uh, Quandre Diggs gets healthy, do you think we will see less base defense?
0: Uh, You know what? I hope so, because I think they got to find a way to start playing some nickel. I really do. I think for this defense to be at their best and for this football team to be at their best and for the uh, opposing offenses they're going to face the rest of the way, including the Niners and including the Rams, by the way, uh, including Minnesota in that Monday night game in December. I think they're going to have to find a way to play some nickel. I mean, I've been kind of underwhelmed by the front seven of the Seahawks so far. And maybe part of the reason why is because they're in base so often. I mean, this is not this is not what Pete Carroll does. This is not what the Pete Carroll defense has been all about, playing base defense. For years and years and years, they've been a predominantly and really a high percentage, as you know, well over 60%, approaching almost 70%, I think nickel defense and I think there's two reasons why they're not playing nickel number one because they like the three linebackers they have obviously but then number two and I think maybe the biggest reason why they have no nickel back on this football team Mm -hmm. that they trust I mean Justin Coleman when he took off I remember on the air I don't remember your take on it but I remember on the air being hey man this is a bigger loss than people think I mean I was never going to pay him or expect the Hawks to pay him what the Lions gave him obviously and good for him but that was a huge freaking loss to lose Justin Coleman in free agency to the Lions, and they just have never been able to find a guy who can take his spot, whether Akeem King or anybody else. I mean, Akeem King in that game against the Falcons on Sunday was freaking awful, okay? He he was terrible terrible in that game, and I had I had decent hopes for Akeem King going into the year, and he's been a tragedy so far this year for the Seahawks, so I honestly think, Brian, the biggest reason why they haven't played nickel is less to do with the fact that they like Kendricks, Wagner, and KJ together, and more to do with the fact that there's nobody in that spot right now as a fifth defensive back. I think that Pete Carroll and those guys trust. How about you? Yeah,
1: I I agree, and and the thing that I'm really hoping for, Dave, and I think this is where Jose is kind of coming from as well, is... (sighs) Thank goodness, you know, Tedrick Thompson's not going to be out there. I'm not happy he's hurt, although I'm not yeah. quite sure that he really is hurt. Is he really hurt? Is I, he I really know. hurt? I guess I'll believe it when he gets the surgery. I kind of okay. believe – I'm kind of wondering if he actually will get surgery. But oh. setting that aside, <laughs> you've now got Marquise Blair. He's a fixture at a safety position. We yep. know we're going to see him the rest of the year. Then you got Bradley McDougal, who supposedly is back to full health. I don't know if I totally believe that either. I think that knee is, is maybe never going to be back to full health full health but let's hope that's the case but he's going to be your other safety yeah that means that when quandary Diggs comes back next week he can be your nickelback absolutely Jamar Jamal taylor and so now you have the potential to really upgrade three positions
0: yeah um, yep. from
1: where you've been and i think that's huge because i think that safety spot has been a disaster i think the nickelback has been a disaster and so yeah i think i think if it i think you then get in a situation where Diggs. McDougald and Blair are three of your better players and you don't mm-hmm. want them off the field. And I, I think we'll see some change from, from the team, hopefully, if, if that happens.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Shaq and Flowers together, and then those three guys that you talked about, and people forget that Quandry actually has played nickel back before in the NFL, hasn't played nickel for a couple of years, but has played nickel. I, I just love the versatility and really even not just in the secondary, but also this week, you know, I think I saw it on your, on your Twitter feed, you know, people asking about Phil Haynes, you know, is Phil Haynes potentially a center down the road for this football team. And one thing, I mean, I know that Tom Cable's name is, people don't like to hear Tom Cable's name anymore, but he always liked to have real versatile offensive linemen, guys that could play both tackle spots, both guard spots, and center spot as far as the interior guys and the exterior guys. So if Phil Haynes can turn into that guy for them down the road and Quandre Diggs can turn into a guy like that for them right now, Yeah, there's a chance to obviously save some money potentially even at center down the road, you know, maybe even at safety down the road, even at nickelback on the road when you have guys that can do multiple things. So I just want to see the guy play. I mean, let's rock and roll. I mean, come on. Maybe you don't need him necessarily as much this weekend. But you're certainly going to need them starting next Monday against the Niners. And then the Ram game, the Eagle game, the Viking game, the other Niner game up in Seattle. they got eight games left to go. Five of these eight teams are against really good football teams. You can include a sixth if you want in Carolina. But I just think that to be at their best and to make a run, which is what all this is all about, they're going to have to start playing some more nickel. And that starts, I think, with guys like Quandry Diggs either showing A – That they can move a different guy over to Nickel or B, that he can go back to that spot that he was in a couple years ago. A great
1: question. 100%. So, got two more questions. Uh, Next one comes from Donna Burton. Um, With the return of Jaron Reed, does Jadavian Clowney's approach to pass rush change? How about how he plays run defense?
0: Yeah, I don't think it would. I mean, I don't know why it would. I mean, Jadeveon Clowney—all they've been talking about since he showed up here is that he's now in a four-three, and he can become a full-time edge rusher. I mean, we've seen him obviously move inside at times, which is—I love watching that. I love watching Judev- uh, Clowney in a, in a two-point stance, which means he's standing up, going inside on pass downs, disrupting offensive lines, shooting right at the A-gap. So. I don't know why they would change their approach with Clowney. I mean, again, all they sold us on when the guy showed up here is that, well, this is the great – this is the defense that he should have been playing in in Houston, and now he can become a real edge rusher with the Seahawks. So uh, I don't think it will change, but frankly, I mean – as Holmgren said yesterday, I've been a little bit disappointed in Reid in and, and, and just the last couple of games. I mean, I, I know that he missed the first six games of the year and all that, but it's not like the guy's been out for a year. He's not coming off an injury. He was working out, for God's sakes, when he was suspended for the last month and a half. And it kind of feels to me, Brian, you tell me your thoughts, but it kind of feels to me in the last couple of games that Jaron Reed's kind of been a little bit of a no-show so far for these guys. So let's pick that up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – I think, you know, when you got a guy that's out for six weeks, it's going to take a little bit of time, but yeah. A little I mean, bit
0: of time is over. Let's go. It's I agree. I agree. It's,
1: it's time to see some impact. I guess, you know, my my expectations for Jaron Reed are pretty limited. I don't – I'm not – I wasn't expecting this year if he played a full year for him to get up, you know, in the 10-sack range or anything again. I think, to me, he's – where he can help the most is on run defense. I, you know, like, that's something he's very good at and shouldn't take a lot of time to get back up to speed with. and. Honestly, the Seahawks are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I mean, they're one of the worst defenses in the NFL overall. And I guess my right. point of view is they have more that they can do that I feel confident they can do to, to, to be a better run defense quickly than to be right. a better pass rushing defense. Like, they've got Puna Ford. They've got Al Woods. They've got Jaron Reed. They've got and Clowney. They've got Bobby Wagner. These are all guys that are great run defenders let's like stop at least one thing that the opposing offense is trying. Right, to and he has got to be part of that. So there was an interesting comment I heard from Mark Schlereth about the fact that the Seahawks are playing so much base, kind of related to the last question, is actually affecting the pass rush because, you know, I can't claim to understand fully all the stuff he was talking about in terms of what mm. technique the people are going to play. But if you've got a linebacker on either side, the, the responsibility or the approach of the edge rushers changes versus yeah. when you've got nickel and they can go wider on their rush. So, you know, I think that there's some, you know, some people that know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave. I saw wow. that coming from the corner of my eye and That's asked awesome. myself, do I stop this now no. or do I just allow this to happen?
1: No, so no. You're a the loser. cat video on the internet. I love it. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, Continue. I think I think that's, that's one of the pieces I'm waiting to see. And, and you know, I thought we were going to see more Clowney and Ansa paired up, potentially playing, like, one inside, one outside on the same side sometimes. Right, right. I don't know that it even matters right now, the way Ansa's playing. So, um, well, Yeah.
0: yeah. Meaning it, he's not playing well. Yeah,
1: he's, he's yeah. just – he's been a zero. He really yeah. is. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, but,
0: again, let's not be surprised by that. I mean, the guy's coming off injury. He's getting up there in age. There's a reason why he was available for crying out loud. I mean, I always tell people that, you know, look, I mean, we always want to believe the best out of these guys and hope for the best and look at the positives when players like this become available. But all these guys, I mean, Mike Capati, DJ Fluker, Ziggy Yonsa, even in some, to some extent Jadevian Clowney for crying out loud. There's a reason why these guys were available. And I think most of them at some point in time are showing you why they were available. You know, Clowney may be a different situation than everybody else. But just going back to what you're saying about the Seahawk defense, that you want them to be really good at one thing. The only thing that they're good at right now that I can kind of pin my finger on is third down defense. I mean, they've been really good at getting off the field on third down. But they're third to last in the NFL in yards per play, which is not very good behind the Bengals and Dolphins. They're third to last in yards per carry in the NFL at 4.9 Uh, per rush on defense and they're basically a middle of the road team when it comes to defending the pass for the most part so you're right I mean it's it's incredible that they're sitting there at six and two and let's not confuse this I mean they're six and two because they have maybe the best player in the NFL in Russell Wilson you take Brian you tell me they've played eight games right now if Russell Wilson was not the quarterback of this football team what would their record be after eight games right now? Are they a four and four team? Are they a two and six team? Oh, Are they a no. three and five team? What's their record right now?
1: I think one or two wins, probably.
0: Hey, there goes Buster again. Yeah, what what Buster? It? yeah. yeah. It, uh, doesn't yeah. that basically drive home the fact that this guy is the MVP of the NFL when you can take yeah. him off this team and say, I mean, look, maybe Aaron Rodgers, you take Rodgers off the Packers with that group of wide receivers. Who knows what they're doing? They're probably just as bad, but. Thank God we have Russell Wilson. It just reminds us of this is a quarterback-freaking-driven league, and as long as you have Russell Wilson on this team, you'll have a chance to win every damn game you play. But it would be nice to see the other side of the ball step up and maybe give us a, a performance that, that kind of reminds us, at least, of what we think they can be.
1: Yeah, just, just be, you know, just be a better than awful. Uh, like right. that's that's the that's the bar right now. So, so last question. This kind of goes into <laughs> goes into looking at this weekend with the Bucks. I mean, let's yeah. talk about that. You know, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Um, you know, this uh, Silk Monkey uh, yeah. asks, uh, is there any more satisfying head coach to beat in the NFL than Bruce
0: Arians? I think he's the most overrated head coach in the NFL, and I've been saying that on my show for years. I mean, Florio and I got into a debate about this on the radio show on Tuesday. Well, there was the coach of the year with the Colts. Okay, so what? Ryan Grigson was the executive of the year in Indianapolis, and what happened to him? Okay, give me a break. And by the way, technically, technically, Bruce Arians did not win a game with the Colts because the NFL gave all of his wins to Chuck Pagano. That season. okay? So we can talk about how ridiculous that is, but the guys won one playoff game, for yep. crying out loud. In his entire career, why do we like Bruce Arians? Because he wears a funny hat, because he's abrasive, because he's brash, because he's frank and honest in his opinions and assessments, because his face is beat red every single weekend. What's the love affair with Bruce Arians? And, yes, it pisses me off that he wins games in Seattle. Outside of winning games in Seattle against the Seahawks when they were good, what has Bruce Arians really accomplished down the road in the NFL that people one day in 15, 20 years from now – But remember, look, good guy. Seems to be a colorful character. I think it's great for the league to have guys like that. But I think he's totally overrated. So, you know, as far as beating coaches, love beating Jim Harbaugh when he was in San Francisco. But, yeah, I think think smacking Bruce Arians around on Sunday – Uh, Especially after he called out his secondary. He said his young secondary, they got to pull their heads out of their ass, was his quote after their game a week ago. I would love to see Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett light these guys up again on Sunday and see what he says about his young secondary after this game. Well, that's
1: the thing, man. I mean, getting back to your point about Russell, this game, Dave, I'm telling you, like, I am bracing to be totally pissed off because (laughs) – I mean, look, the, the Bucks have the number one run defense in the NFL, number right. one yards per carry, number one rushing yards allowed. They are incredibly tough to run against. Yeah. They have a mediocre to bad pass defense. Right. And they're going to put up points because they've actually, they've scored, they've scored more points than the Seahawks, they're the fifth highest scoring offense. And the I don't know if you've looked. They've played a top five defense in five of their seven games. So, this offense is putting up points against good defenses. The Seahawks are not a top five defense. So, I think, you know, the Seahawks are going to have to score 27, 30 plus points in this game to win. And they're not going to do it if they run the ball, like, stubbornly. So, this is, I mean... For all the fact that you, you and I love the run game. I think you and I are, are like flexible about whatever it takes to win is fine. If it means running the ball, fine. If it means passing, fine. This game is screaming for the Seahawks to pass the ball. And, and yep. I just hope to God that they don't get stubborn and do something stupid. And, you know, thankfully the weather looks like it's going to be good, not going to be raining yep. as it was against Baltimore. And hopefully Russell can play well.
0: Well, they're averaging three yards a carry on defense and under 70 yards a game on the ground. So, I mean, I think the Seahawks' running game is good, but it's not that good, right? Where they could dominate against that kind of a defense and. You know, I'm, I'm very curious. I don't know if "concerned" is the right word yet because I want to give the guy the benefit. Um, but I'm curious to see how Joey Hunt handles the next couple of games. I mean, he's got Vita Vea, who's a top 20 interior defender in the NFL and is really, I think, starting to come into his own. I mean, obviously, I watched the guy play at Washington a ton, and he was a freaking monster at Washington. And now you're seeing why in the NFL. Vita Vea is turning into a guy who's going to get a freaking fat second contract in a couple years from now from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's a concern. Uh, The fact that you got the Niners defensive front with uh, an extra three days of rest before that Monday night game next week against this interior of the offensive line is also a concern. So I think we're going to find out real quick. There's going to be no waiting, Brian, to see if Joey Hunt can handle this. We're going to find out right away on Sunday and again next Monday night if Joey Hunt can do this. And if you're the defensive coordinator for the Bucs and if you're Robert Sala of the Niners, I mean, uh, just like you don't want the Hawks to make it, you know, hard – when it comes to their offensive game plan against the Buccaneers on Sunday, these defensive coordinators won't make it hard either. They will come right after Joey Hunt in both these games. So we're going to find out real quick if this guy can do this or not. That's a concern. And I just think, look, I mean, the Seahawks, the, the game against the Cowboys kind of showed their stubbornness in some ways in the postseason last year. And I get a little bit irritated when everybody just jumps on Schottenheimer because Pete Carroll's the head coach of this team. If Pete Carroll saw a weakness and he saw something that he thought they should be doing differently, he would jump on the damn headsets and he would tell Brian Schottenheimer, start throwing the ball, okay? So we always give the coordinators problems, but we never go after Pete Carroll when it comes to the offensive game plan. You live in a different
1: different world than I do. Well, you're on on Twitter 24-7,
0: 365. I'm not in that pocket of of hell the way you are. Oh, my God, all it is. I'm just saying this. Yeah. For the folks that don't, for the folks that do want to just come after the play caller for every single game, why don't they go after Pete Carroll? Because they should.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't. That, that, that to me is like, uh, <laughs> we just live in a very different world. You're you are
0: Pete seeing Carol. people criticize Carroll for the offensive game plan. Uh,
1: for, I mean, like extensively i mean that's a major major threat especially uh uh, for seahawks fans and yeah you know whatever i i agree with you um and and he absolutely deserves criticism for that i also do think that the the coordinator ultimately is calling the plays i think they both deserve criticism or praise of course. Of course and you know the same people that criticize both schottenheimer and carroll when things aren't going well have nothing nice to say about them when the Seahawks are third in the NFL in scoring or third in the like right now, they're the third most efficient offense in the NFL by football outsiders. You don't right. hear them saying, Hey, Pete Carroll, deserves a lot of credit for that. Like, you no know, so anyway, Dave, Hey, well, let's, let's, uh let's uh, call it there. And, and thank you for, for time today. Uh, anything coming up on your show today that uh, folks. Yeah. Can-
0: yes. So, uh, Bob Rondo will be with us talking some dogs uh, before their big game with Utah tomorrow at, uh, at 520 on the air with us this afternoon. We're going to hear from a couple Seahawks as well and get going for this big Buccaneer game on Sunday. Uh, I think we're giving away some tickets for the game as well in the game uh, on the show, courtesy of venuekings.com. And uh, believe it or not, getting ready for a big Sounders game uh, next Sunday. I know you're a big soccer guy, so I expect to see you there at the Clink uh, supporting the Sounders next Sunday.
1: That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did not expect them to win that game. So, everyone, make sure you turn in to Dave's show, uh, 950 KJR, and uh, this afternoon. And for folks that haven't signed up at patreon.com, please do, patreon.com slash hawkblogger. We got a great thing going, and uh, really appreciate all your support. Uh, and uh, at that, we'll just say go Hawks. Let's hope, this, let's hope they get this win this weekend, Dave.
0: Go Hawks. See you, buddy. We'll talk in a week.
1: Later, dude.